0: Thank you, family. You know we have a secret handshake we can't show you here. But, uh, family, um, there was a lot of pressure this morning uh, because I had to come behind Brother Dexter. And so what they did was they put a big, huge tent over me. I thought it was because I couldn't see my screen, but it's because you know they wanted to shield me from the embarrassment of <laughs> coming behind Brother Dex. And then, in the second service, uh, to lay some of the pressure off, his father and family shows up, and I know his father for years, and so, come on, put your hands together for the Peterson family, Ralph Peterson, Dexter, family for real. Listen, um, we want to first of all say uh, that we love y'all. Man, I feel like I could just, you know, take my hair off for a minute. Just, I feel like, you know, I, I don't have to be stuffy, and uh, you guys make me feel like that, and so on behalf of Legacy Reentry Foundation, my wife is not here, she's tending to her father who uh, just came out of surgery, uh, pray for them. Uh, but on behalf of the family and myself, we wanna say thank you guys for supporting us. Uh, we love you guys uh, so much. We can't put into words, you guys have supported us, you've been there for us. And um, happy Father's Day, and before we move forward, happy Father's Day to Pastor Gary Ritchie. I wanna thank God for Sister Ritchie as well. No, he is really the my boss. I do really call him that. He walks like it, too. But he he has supported us monetarily, physically, and spiritually. Counsel and all that corrected me, and uh, that's what I need him for. And so, you know, of course, the Connection family, um, thank you guys and Pastor Lamar Lark. Listen, we got to move forward because we got some barbecue to eat. So uh, I'm going to try to get you out of here. But I had a message for you all. Man, I was come out of Isaiah 16. I was going to come with the liberty of God and how we need to be free and all God has done for us. And then God messed up my plans. So I'm going to take you where God is sending me. It's the still, still the same title. Uh, for freedom, Christ has set us free. For freedom, Christ has set us free. But the message, he has changed. So put on your seatbelts. Go with me to Philemon the first chapter, there's only one chapter verses 10 through 16, I call him Phil I didn't know how to pronounce it, it was Philemon at first, it's right before Hebrews Hebrews 11 chapter, famous chapter so if you go there with me, I'm going to read now, 10 verse I appeal to you for my child Onesimus whose father I became in my imprisonment imprisonment formerly he was useless to you, this is key, but now he is indeed useful to you and me. I am sending him back to you, sending my very heart. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel, but I preferred to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion but of your own accord. For this perhaps is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever. That's so powerful. No longer as a bond servant, but more than a bond servant. As a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord? That is so powerful. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity for these lips of clay to be used by a sovereign and almighty God. We thank you for the name of Jesus, the most important name in this room and every room. We give you the preeminence. We give you all the glory. We magnify you. Now, God, I pray that the focus would be off me those who are watching online, those who are here in attendance, that they would look past this flesh and see the spirit of a living God. And I ask that you would fall fresh on us. We'll be careful to give you the praise in advance. Maybe heart and soul said, amen. <laughs> can, can I get a come on? They was doing that outside. I just want one. Come on, come on. I just, I just need it. Sorry. <laughs> So, as I said before, God changed my entire message. And I want you to get this because this past Monday, I was able to eulogize a young man as I'm standing on the platform assigned to Dove church. Shout out to Pastor Jason Dewey and his family for allowing us to use the church. In that critical time, young man was shot in the head. Bowen Park, Waukegan. We mentioned to the family. And here I am eulogizing this young man speaking well of him as he lay here, looking out over, canvassing the whole, it looks like a, it's a sanctuary, but it's a, it's a huge edifice that they have in Waukegan. It's a beautiful church. All these t-shirts of the young man's face printed on them. Just see a sea of people. I want you to see what I saw. And God gave me a message for them because I was tired and he gave me, I'll tell you why I was tired, he gave me a message called There's Joy in the Morning. Not M-O-R-N-I-N-G, but M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. There's joy in the morning. Mourning, a pseudo meaning. Not just mourning over the body that was laying there. Much respect and thanking God for his life and the impact of the family that was there, the football team and but the other meaning is a mourning, a deep sense there's something wrong with this. That we keep seeing this. That we're anesthetized to the pain. And that our hearts can grow cold because we see it on the news all the time and death happens. And like my homie said, hey man, people die all the day, B. People die every day. In other words, he said, B. And, and I thought about that and said, man, that's... That's kind of insensitive to not feel the pain. So I gave this example, and they said that basically they afterwards they were laughing because they thought I was gonna preach hell and brimstone. Because <laughs> I talked about a grill, a hot grill with coals. And you know how you get the, the grill steaming and the coals fire and white hot. You guys know because you're grilling this summer and then you put your hand on the grill, imagine not taking your hand off the grill. Okay, I can't feel it. That's good, That's like a supernatural power. But imagine not doing it, what it would do to your forearm, to your nerves, how it would go into your body. What it would do if you didn't take your hand off the grill, though you could not feel it with your supernatural self. Imagine what it would do to your body. That is what we're doing in our communities. We can no longer feel it. And so I came out of Matthew 5.14, which is blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are they that mourned, can really feel it, sensitive, take your hand off, wait, something is wrong, that person will be comforted. This is the entire message of the gospel. For freedom, Christ has set us free that we might feel something for somebody else. I'll get to it. So after the funeral, I go outside and Mr. Bradshaw is out there talking to me for a while. Mr. Richard Bradshaw, God bless him for his services and helping us with the young man. And I was sitting there outside on 10th Street and a woman comes out and she's talking to us. And so I'm standing there with him. You have to know Mr. Bradshaw. So she says, I found my why. Keep in mind, I never seen her before. (laughs) I found my why. About the third time, Mr. Richard Bradshaw. Okay, so what does that mean? (laughs) She said, after seeing the eulogy and how you minister to the family, she knew the mother. And the word of God and how it's, it's not just about us. A, I, I sensed that my calling, and she had done corrections for 20 years on the west side of Chicago, and now she's saying, I want to do more. And she's saying, it's not just about me. And I found my purpose in the pain. Here's the thing. If we are disciplined, which means to be a disciple of Christ, in this where we say Christianity, we are believers. Then we have to follow his example in Luke 19, 10, where he says, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That is his mission. He didn't come for himself. So if we're going to be like Christ. We have to be like him. It's not about me. It's about somebody else. It's not about my liberties. Yes, I deserve rep- reparations. You guys know how to spell it, right? Reparations. I don't. You guys know what it means. You've done the research. You've done the history. However, you can't pay me enough for the pain we endure. There's more to it than that. It's about what I'm doing for somebody else. Christ saved me so I can heal somebody else. Okay, let me give you an example of a prayer that will be answered, I believe, in my opinion. God healed me so I can be healed. Nope. God, heal me so I can see other people healed. God, deliver me so I can see other people delivered. God, it's not about my liberties. It's not about my reparations. It's not about you restoring me. It's about you helping me so I can help somebody else. somebody should say amen. amen. For freedom, what kind of freedom? The freedom of other people, Christ, has set us free. Okay, this is good. Get ready. Verse 10, I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. I appeal to you. Appeal means to call near. I'm calling near. I'm appealing to you. And look at Paul's strategic way of ministering. To you, Philemon, the word Philemon means affectionate. And back in the day, Whatever your name was, that's who you really were. Like, my name is George, so that means industrious farmer, like so-and-see, so and so, so i will probably be in here with a hat on or something, a straw hat. In, in, no, 2,000 years ago. Anyway, they were really that. And so he appealed to who he knew he was. You're an affectionate guy. I appealed to you, Philemon, affectionate one, for my child. Why does this verse make me cry? Why does this verse hit my soul? Because I have no natural children. And here it is, a man with no children in prison is worried about somebody who's not his natural child, and so much so that he calls my child. That's real Christianity. That's that's faith beyond that I'm not concerned with how you look. I'm not concerned with what you've done. Okay, let's get into it. Onesimus means useful. But at this point, he was a useless runaway slave. And you know the laws with that back then? He ran away from Philemon. Some believe, some theologians say that he probably stole some stuff, trying to prosper himself. He left. He should not have left, according to the laws at that time. Verse 11, now he's useless. Remember that. But Paul says, formerly the irony he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. He was useless, but now he's useful. Why? Because I preached the gospel to him and he became a convert. Now keep in mind at this time, Paul had preached the gospel to several churches. Epistles went all around and particularly to Colossian church and to Ephesus or Ephesians and those Epistles went out, we believed it possibly converted Philemon. And so Philemon, you got converted through my ministry. And now, if you look at the first verse, he now has a house church. He has a church in his home because you were converted through my ministry. And now you're converting other people and you're an affectionate guy. So don't forget what God has done for you while we're talking about Onesimus. Somebody say, for freedom. freedom. Come on, y'all. Let's, for freedom. freedom. Christ, has free. Christ has set us free. I'm glad we're online because I've been mentored by many. Bishop Logan, uh, Pastor Choice, Pastor Cartwright, all these people. Of course, my boss has mentored me. All these people we got. Again, I told you our secret handshake. All these people have mentored me. My own father has mentored me. When I was in Dickies and a long T-shirt and my hair and bone chain and my, 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 my beard coming down to y'all, I can't even imagine it. From California, came down here cussing, acting crazy and smelling, reeking of weed. And, and, and they ministered to me, said, don't go back to California. And I went. <laughs> but they still sent money. When I got in trouble, they still were there for me over two years. They still watched over me. They still were there. Even though I disobeyed, they were there for me in my process. Somebody say process. They were there for me while I was going through. They loved me even though I didn't love them. That's the heart of God. And so this only gets better. Verse 12. Apostle Paul says, I am sending him back to you, sending my very heart. I'm sending him, Onesimus, back to you, Philemon. I'm sending you my heart. The heart of God is a theme of Scripture, or theme of Scripture, rather. God wants us to get to a place where it's not about us. Keep in mind, again, Apostle Paul was in prison. Name meaning humble, lowly. He's low, Paul, low. Now he's playing a mediator. Between these two individuals, three parts to the story, Onesimus, Philemon, and Paul. And he's in the middle. While he's in prison, he's concerned about those two people instead of himself. Galatians 5.13, I'm going to give you scripture support and I'm going to get out your way. This is so good. Galatians 5.13, he says, For ye, brethren, were called for freedom, but through, or excuse me, only use not your freedom for an occasion to the flesh, but through love. Be servants one to another. Through love be servants one wait a minute, it's not hold on. You mean it's not about me? (laughs) Wait a minute, I come to church. Let me can I be real with y'all? Can we have fireside chat before the barbecue? I don't want to go to church. I'm tired of church. I want to be the church. Aren't you tired of just going, well, what are we here for? What is this? What is this? What are we doing? Why did we come here this morning, y'all? We are here to be This. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to be religious. I don't don't want to be fake. We are here so we can exhibit and display the very things that we are talking about. When I leave here, I want to look after somebody. Give somebody a call that I haven't called in a long time. Go to the hospital maybe. Visit a senior citizen. Love on somebody. We are here to love people for freedom. This kind of freedom, Christ, has set us free. Somebody say amen. Almost there. Isaiah 61 And one, which I was going to use this scripture for where we're going, but this is so powerful. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord have, the Lord God has, he has anointed me to preach good tidings. And to me, we get so happy about that as church folk that God has anointed me. You ever heard somebody say anointed and then you go out in the street and somebody say, what does that mean? What does it mean to be anointed. Talk to somebody that doesn't know Christianese. He's anointed me, poured his grace upon me so that I might show grace to other folk. He has sent me to bind up brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. God has a mission for you. First Timothy one12 and thirteen. He says, "I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled me, and that he counted me faithful, put me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and in unbelief. God blessed me, so I want to see you saved now." Word "enable" means to strengthen. God has strengthened me for what? To go to church. God has not strengthened me to go to church. God has strengthened me to be the church. Mark ten forty five. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministering to, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. That's different folks. That's all kind of people. Don't care what race you are. Don't care, don't care what your pedigree is. Don't care where you come what your degree is. Don't care. I don't care. I'm here for you. If we did that, Wouldn't it be a lot different to sell this thing we call Christianity? Maybe there's a reason why the millennials and and young people don't want to come to church because it's not attractive. Because this is not attractive. You're going to hell if you don't stop smoking weed. No, this is attractive. You come in here reeking like all kind of plant, and I'm going to tell you that you are empowered to be more than what you are. I'm going to tell you that you got gifts and talents. I'm going to tell you that God wants to save you. I'm going to tell you that he wants to take you somewhere, even while you're reeking of weed, even while you look like a prostitute. I'm going to tell you that God has something more for you than where you're at right now. That's attractive. They're tired of us seeing murders in the streets. And you know what our answer is? We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you. No, we're going to... Give me the mother's number. We're going to get the body. We're going to take care of it. We're going to make sure he's presented properly. We're going to minister to now she come back saying, I want to minister with you guys. She got on Facebook and said, I want to minister with you guys at the end of the month at your picnic and barbecue. Why? Because that's real Christianity. We've come to her and said, listen, I'm not going to pray for you. I'm praying, but I want to display something with it. Raise $6,000 within days so that her son could have a proper burial. And I don't care if he was gang related or not. They say he wasn't, graduated from high school, no criminal background, I don't care. That's what we do as believers. I'm gonna close out, oh God, I would have been glad to keep him, the Apostle Paul says, in order that you might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. He's so strategic. I would have been glad to, you know, he could have actually ordered him to do this. Based on what I did for you, God could make you do stuff. But I, you know what I don't want you to do out of compulsion. Listen. But I preferred to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion but of your own accord. It's a hard thing. 2 Corinthians 9:7 says each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God Loves what? A cheerful giver. I'm tired right now. I have had to mediate between families from here to Chicago. Some serious could have gone down. Those online know what could have happened. I'm tired right now, my body. Can you tell? Pastor Gary Richard was outside. Hallelujah. Hey, come on. Come on. Come on. I said, well, praise Jesus. Let me come on then. <laughs> and I don't know what he feels like, but he realizes it's not about me. He said, I can't go to your church anymore because it's not feeding me. How about what are you doing for the church? Everywhere you go, you're going to have to serve. Are you trying to serve? Oh, let me go forward. For this perhaps is why we, he was parted from you. For a while. Oh, the scripture's so good. Tell me if I'm gonna know, please. That you might have him back forever. It's good that he was parted for a while. That you might have him back forever. Oh, let me say it again. Please, y'all going with me in the spirit. It's good that this person, your son, your child, whoever is going through the process recently. I won't say their name, but an individual told me, you know, what they're dealing with their child, and it was hurting all of us as a family, and, and all this stuff is going on. I said, listen, let me tell you something. You got to let them, a friend of mine always says, don't, don't hijack their process. Let them go through. And believe God that when they come back, it'll be forever. It'll be forever. I know, because had I not gone through my experience... I would not be where I'm at today. I probably would be dead. I'm for sure I probably would. But God said, in order for you to minister to these kind of people, I got to allow you to go through the roughest terrain. And what you may be trying to stop your cousin from or your child from and them being goofy, let them be goofy. That you might win them back forever. That's not a license, I'm just saying. Don't hijack the process. No longer, Apostle Paul says, so good, as a slave, as a beloved brother. No longer as a slave. You might get him back. No longer as a slave, as a beloved brother, especially to me. But how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord? Say you wasn't doing the work. This brother came and ministered to me. He ran away from you. He served me well while you weren't here in your stead. But he will go back to you now. And if you read further, I will provide whatever he's taken. He will serve in both the flesh. And guess what? But it's better in the Lord that you won't have him as a slave. A greater degree as a brother in the Lord. Do your history check. This particular scripture passage was used by our forefathers in the abolishment of slavery. The way Apostle Paul appealed to Philemon, the way he appealed to him, this was the foundation, the foundational argument that they used to say we got to stop this. Everyone is equal now in the Lord. Let me close out with this. I always say this everywhere I go, and I think I got two seconds. Brian Stevenson, a well-known justice advocate, he says the church has to be more proximate. We gotta be closer, we gotta appeal. If they don't wanna come to church, it's because of us. If they come to church, it's because of us, the Holy Spirit in you. They see a fire. They see a burning passion. It's like they're not just coming to church. They got something that they, they're doing. Like it, It's something that they're like, like, they're doing something. I want to be a part of that. That's what we're all about. That's mentorship. That's becoming surrogate fathers and mothers. And Jesus closes out in this particular message, speaking to Simon. He says, Simon, Simon, you guys know the story. He says, Satan has asked to sift you, each of you like wheat, But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith will not fail. Isn't that beautiful? That's what it's all about, right? I'm just praying for you that your faith doesn't fail. I'm praying for you that you don't commit suicide. I'm praying for you that you don't give up. That sounds good, doesn't it? That's not what the scripture text says. The Bible does not teach us to be free. Apostle Paul said, I'm a bond servant, I'm a slave to Christ. He says, and when you have turned back, when you have repented, when you have changed your life, when you got baptized, when you, all that, when you do all that, strengthen who? Your brothers. It's not about us. I'm tired right now, it don't matter. You tired. I, I need to come in here with some joy, enter into his gates with thanksgiving to court to the Lord with praise be thankful and bless his name why when you scream like that I'm shouting not because I'm fake but because I got to let my body know you don't rule me there's somebody in this audience right now when I'm looking to him I see okay I got to talk to him afterwards I see okay I got to see okay I, that person needs to go okay I, I think they're feeling I'm that's what we're here for are you looking around seeing who you can minister to today or are you looking to be ministered to That's what we're here for, family. That's what it's all about. For freedom. Christ has set us free. Let's pray. What a word, Father, that convicts me. That convicts me to make me realize it's not a just about the barbecue that I'm about to eat. (laughs) But hopefully I can talk to somebody, share your grace, be a blessing for freedom. Christ has set us free. Amen.